1: They carry AAPI owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com.
2: It is Wednesday, September 1st. I'm Gideon Resnick.
0: And I am Priyanka Arabindi, and this is what a day where we are sad to announce that due to weather, we will no longer be performing our set at Bonnaroo.
2: Yeah, we were going to be podcasting from a vacant porta potty in a parking lot during Lizzo's set, but unfortunately, not anymore.
0: Yeah, if you bought a ticket, uh, any anyone out there, I'm sure you'll be refunded.
2: On today's show, officials tell Hurricane Ida evacuees not to return home just yet while the recovery effort continues. Plus, some Twitch streamers are on a one day strike today to protest harassment.
0: But first, with Labor Day just around the corner, we wanted to bring you another conversation about the labor movement in America. It's usually a big travel weekend, although the number of air passengers right now is down 14% compared to 2019. That is thanks to the Delta variant. But in general, this summer has been a busy time for people to fly, and Gideon, the skies have not been so friendly. We'd like all strong males to the front of the aircraft to handle the
3: cargo passenger. My parents are worth more than fucking 2 million goddamn gallons. out. Yep. You have to wear your mask the whole entire flight. If you're unable to do so,
2: you will be removed from the flight. You called my employee a <laughs> I'm in- call for inappropriate. You're not going to drop. Yikes.
0: You can't see us right now, but like, we're cringing head in hands. Like, it's not, that's not great.
2: Yeah, I'm distressed. You know that clips of a flight are not that great when most of the words are being bleeped out. That's Mm -hmm. not a positive sign. Um, So to this point, uh, the FAA says that in the first half of 2021, it has had to investigate more than 600 incidents involving unruly passengers. That number is double the previous two years combined. And it shouldn't shock wide listeners to know that most of the reported incidents, over two-thirds, in fact, involve people who refuse to comply with the federal mask mandate.
0: not shocking, but not great. It really does make me feel bad for flight attendants because they are the frontline workers who throughout all of this have been dealing with these people and everybody else who, you know, is going through airports. Yeah. So we wanted to find out a little bit more about what they've been going through because it cannot be easy. Joining us today is Sarah Nelson, the international president of the Association of Flight Attendants. Sarah, it is so great to have you back on What A Day.
4: Thank you for having me and for talking about this. It helps all of us out in the friendly skies.
3: Yes, of course. (laughs) Yes,
4: we hope so. So I just want to start off
0: with some of the stories that you've been hearing, you know, from the members of your union about what they've been dealing with on these flights.
4: We took a survey recently of all of our members, and what we got in return was that 85% of them have experienced an unruly passenger event in 2021. Wow. Um, one in five of the flight attendants said they had experienced a physical uh, altercation, either uh, directly with a passenger or passenger on passenger. And then 60% of the incidents also were some kind of racial or gender or ethnic slur that's included as as well. Um, so there are some workers who are, you know, f- having an even harder time than others um, in this condi- in these conditions.
2: That is so crazy. So why do we think that this is happening? Like it, with with so much more frequency? Is it just the, the mask issue? Is it people having been cooped up or something?
4: Well, the first biggest problem has been the inconsistency in communication. 18 months, people have been told conflicting stories about what we're dealing with and how best to deal with it. That makes anxiety rise. And then there's all the stressors of this pandemic because it's been really hard on people. It's been hard on people economically. It's been hard on people having lost people. Everything has been disrupted. And all of those things make it harder for people to just function normally. Right. Right. Yeah, it's also it's
0: really helpful just to hear, you know, all of those factors that you just presented because there's so much at play here. And something that I've been seeing a lot of stories about, and I'm sure everyone listening has as well, is stories about these flight attendants taking self-defense classes and, and doing things like that to feel safe and protected. Is that extreme for right now? Is that necessary? How are, are you just in the union kind of feeling about that?
4: You know, uh, actually, if you can believe it, you just got me a little choked up because uh, I'm, so sorry. I'm, I'm worried about the people that I represent. And uh, I'm a flight attendant myself. And I've taken this course. This course was designed after September 11th. It was supposed to be a mandatory course that was in place. And it was supposed to be to help us deal with this new security threat. Not so much about what we're seeing on the planes today, where people are acting out, um, you know, refusing to comply with basic safety and Instructions or drinking too much in the airport, and alcohol is a major factor. So the dynamics have really changed, and it's never been more important for flight attendants to take this class. I mean, there's cable news personalities who are calling flight attendants Nazis, saying that, you know, we're the bad people for enforcing the rules that we're required to, that we don't set, but we're required to enforce to keep everyone safe. And so as the targets, flight attendants are saying, I'm going to voluntarily go to this class. And I'll tell you, they're signing up in droves right now because it's a skill that you need in our workplace right now, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, that is so awful. I I wasn't even aware that those classes were the same thing as you described it. Um, So several airlines like United and Frontier are mandating now that all employees be vaccinated or they face regular testing. Last week, the FDA gave full approval to the Pfizer vaccine. That seems to be paving the way for more businesses to consider mandates. So how could that move by the FDA impact the industry more broadly?
4: I think that the move by the FDA to fully approve the Pfizer vaccine is really going to be a game-changer. Our union has really taken a neutral stance on this because it's the employer's job to make those mandates, not the union. So that's really where we've been set up, and, and we've been encouraging people to get vaccinated. And there's there's going to be the exception, and we'll be there to support our members who need that exception. But um, But we're really pushing to make sure that we end this pandemic by getting the vaccine distributed around the world and getting as many people to take it as possible. And this FDA approval makes a huge difference.
2: On the organizing front, when all these incidents are happening over the course of the past six months to a year to to 18 months, how are people in the union responding when it comes to organizing and when it comes to recognizing bargaining power? And what is it that people want right now?
4: Our demands were really about trying to work a normal amount and for that job to be enough for us to live on and to support our families. And so we saw this in coronavirus, that the fact that people have been getting by by working two and three jobs or working a ton of overtime hours, and all of a sudden when there's a crisis, these companies don't even have to come for uh, labor costs because they immediately get to just cut those hours and not have those costs. We shouldn't be bearing the brunt of that. So we're going to be out there fighting to make sure that one job is enough, and that means enough pay, enough health care, um, and a, a secure pension or a secure retirement. The only way we're going to make changes is if we organize in the millions, get, you know, have more people in unions, build that political power, build that civic engagement that you get from being a part of a union. And, and we can reclaim a lot of the things that are very popular among the, among the public, but that we don't see resonating in public policy.
0: Yeah. Um, so you mentioned all of this. We're talking about Labor Labor Day, obviously coming up, big travel holiday. But Thanksgiving and Christmas also coming soon. Uh, the TSA announced that masks should be worn through January 2022. Do you foresee, you know, what's happening on on flights with crews, you know, with these incidents getting any better in in that time, or do you think that these will continue as you know mask mandates in planes stay in place?
4: I think the entire country is in a little bit of a shell shock that we're not through this pandemic yet. Yeah. (laughs) You know, we saw the light at the end of the tunnel with the vaccine and flight attendants who are wearing those masks when we go to work 14 and 15 hour days um, while we're trying to enforce it with people who are on a two hour flight with us. (laughs) And it's really frustrating. Um, So everyone was looking forward to being in groups of people that are fully vaccinated and, you know, we can be safe and we can move on with our lives. But I will tell you that flight attendants are very much like, are you kidding me? We have to keep this up through the end of the year. And I have to go to work and continue to remind these people and then get beat up for that when I am sick and tired of wearing this mask myself all day long. And a lot of them are saying, well, at least we'll get through the summer. And so we won't be sitting there sweating in our masks on the plane. (laughs) Um, But but it's very difficult. And I think that um, we have to continue to do more to bring down these uh, events of conflict. And the more that people are vaccinated, the more that people understand that we're in this together, the more that we're pushing back on politicians who are giving people the wrong information, um, the better off we're going to be and the safer flight attendants are going to be. The one demand that we have left to make sure that people understand the consequences, if you're not following the rules on our flights, is for DOJ to very publicly prosecute some of these bad actors because the minute that people start going to jail and they can face up to 20 years in jail for these actions on our planes, everyone's going to sober up real fast. And I think that flight attendants are going to be safer and the rest of the traveling public is going to be safer. So we really need DOJ to step up on that.
2: Right.
0: Yeah, I hope so. And just one last question for you. If you, like me and probably Gideon, have listen to this conversation and are like, Oh my God, how do I help the next time I'm on a flight? Like, how do I make sure I am the best possible flyer I can be? What tips do you have for us? What should we be doing? How can we help out? What, you know, tell us what we need to do.
4: Absolutely. So first and foremost, model good behavior. So do not come to the airport at the last minute. Give yourself plenty of time so that you're not rushed and you can be a helper and not be adding to all the angst everywhere. And then make sure that you have a non-perishable piece of food with you um, so that if you can't get through those concession lines that are very long because not all the concessions are open, you're you're able to get something to eat. And then just showing kindness to people through the process, looking out where, where you can be a helper is very helpful because that's going to lower the stress level of everyone before they even get to the gate.
2: I really hope people were taking notes during that entire section and (laughs) laminating them for other people, printing them out, sending them to your friends. Um, Sarah Nelson, the International President of the Association of Flight Attendants, thank you so much again for all your generous time today.
4: Thank you very much. And I want to say thank you to everyone who works and happy Labor Day.
0: And if you'll be flying out in the next week for the holiday, stay safe out there and be a pal to your flight attendants. Mm-hmm. That is the latest for.
2: It is Wednesday, Wad Squad, and for today's Temp Check, we are talking about the rise and fall of a guy that we had honestly never really heard of (laughs) until a month ago. Uh, Mike Richards (laughs) is stepping down as executive producer of Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. Previously, he had been announced as Jeopardy's replacement host, actually, for Alex Trebek after a rigorous selection process that he was apparently in charge of. Uh, Go figure. Uh, But that all fell apart once the public found out about multiple lawsuits that had been filed against him as an executive producer of The Price is Right. And journalists resurfaced audio from his old podcast where he made sexist and anti-Semitic remarks. A representative for Jeopardy cited, quote, disruption and internal difficulties, who, yeah, uh, to say the least, in explaining Richard's departure. All of this could have been avoided if they had just picked LeVar Burton. But Priyanka, what is your take on this situation?
0: So, (laughs) deep sigh. Mm -hmm. Um, Jeopardy, lovely program. I'm not a regular viewer, but I've seen it a few times. It is perfectly lovely. I, there is way too much right now space in my brain that is occupied by this man, Jeopardy, like all of this stuff that I, but as you said, never heard of, never thought about prior to this month and now we'll we'll forever be there. So, you know, Mike Richards, you have a lot clearly that is on you at this point in time. Like I would like to add to that. You've, you've burdened my brain with this.
2: I I do think that this is one of the oddest possible career trajectories where his Wikipedia page before all this stuff was maybe a footnote. Non-existent! Non-existent! Yeah. <laughs> and now it's it's all controversies top to bottom. But I will say that, like, the one interesting thing we were talking about before with this is a lot of people were bringing up the fact that this ended up being journalists doing the job that the company, Sony, and whoever else was in charge of this was not really doing, right? Yeah. Like, this person... Uh, Apparently, through the reporting, there had been questions from other staffers about him. This journalist, Claire McNair, who wrote a book about Jeopardy, ended up reporting this thing out in the months after. um, And had all of the audio and really sort of like put together the dossier that I guess the people who were in charge of the hiring process, who were not named Mike Richards, didn't end (laughs) up putting together.
0: No wonder uh, no one got wind of this. It was all just going straight up to him.
2: There's still time to pick Levar Burton or somebody else who is not Mike Richards. There's still time to pick
0: Levar Burton, who's like doing his little like Happy Friday, y'all,
2: uh, <laughs> little tweets. Yes, 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 the biggest "I told you so" perhaps of all time. Um, just like that, we have checked our temps. Uh, we will always love Jeopardy, but we hope it salvages itself, and we'll be back after some ads. Let's wrap up with some headlines.
0: Headlines. Days after Hurricane Ida hit the Gulf Coast with 150 mile per hour winds, search and rescue teams continue their effort in some of the hardest hit areas. As of our recording time last night, the storm was responsible for at least four deaths, including two people who died after a highway collapsed in southeastern Mississippi. In Louisiana, power remains out for over 1 million homes and businesses across the southeastern part of the state, including New Orleans. The local utility said parts of the city may regain power by tonight, but it could be weeks until all residents have electricity again. Other concerns in Louisiana include the heat. The National Weather Service issued heat advisory for places like New Orleans, and forecasters said that temperatures could feel as hot as 106 degrees in the coming days. Wow. That is really not great, especially because people on the ground do not have access to air conditioning or tap water in some cases. New Orleans officials announced places in the city where residents could get a meal and sit in air conditioning. And meanwhile, speaking yesterday morning, FEMA Administrator Deanne Criswell urged people who evacuated to stay in place while officials continue to assess the damage.
4: We understand many people um, are away from their homes and want to get back in their homes, but I strongly encourage everybody, please listen to your local officials. Please listen to when they tell you it's safe to come back home.
0: Yeah. Ida is now a tropical depression, and it made its way through the Tennessee Valley yesterday afternoon, bringing heavy rains and threats of flooding to the western half of North Carolina, where the National Weather Service issued a flash flood warning. If you want to help those affected, we will have links to some local organizations in our show notes. We highly suggest you check it out.
2: Yeah. There was a major victory yesterday for the confused but growing subset of people that expressed their love for America by obstructing democracy. So Texas Republicans passed their voter restriction bill, setting the conditions for Texas to become the 18th state to make it harder to vote since the 2020 election. The bill's passage comes during a special legislative session called by Governor Greg Abbott. Republicans hold majorities in Texas's House and Senate. But as you probably remember, House Democrats forced legislation to a halt six weeks ago by leaving town and heading to D.C., now, that move by Democrats was in protest of this very bill, which they say will disproportionately affect voters of color in the state. The bill forbids many of the methods that Texas's Harris County, which is home to Houston, used last year to make voting easier during the pandemic, including drive through polling places and 24-hour voting. It also gives new power to partisan poll watchers, creates rules and penalties for people who assist other voters, places limits on mail voting, and much more. Governor Abbott is expected to sign the bill, When Texas Democrats are calling on the U.S. Senate to pass federal legislation to protect the rights of voters in their state.
0: Please do it. We need you. I don't think anything about this could be more clear. Like these are all that's a huge problem. Uh, We need your help. We have bad news for everyone in California who is trying to get out into nature over the next few weeks. The Mm -hmm. U.S. Forest Service has closed every national forest in California because of the extreme risk of wildfires. This affects 19 forests that total approximately 20 million acres of land, and the parks will be closed between now and September 17th. The closures aim to keep would-be park visitors safe and also remove potential sources of ignition for new wildfires. Reminder, these closures come as the Dixie Fire continues to burn in Northern California and the Calder Fire pushes closer to the state of Nevada. Earlier this week, the Calder Fire forced a mass evacuation of South Lake Tahoe, pushing Nevada Governor Steve Sislak to declare a state of emergency. There's already one going on in areas in California. The Calder Fire has burned over 190,000 acres since it began on August 14th, and at the time that we go to record, it is 16% contained, while the Dixie Fire has burned over 807,000 acres and is 48% contained.
2: Wow. If you are above the age of 50 and plan on not using Twitch today because it is bridge night and or you have no idea what I'm talking about, thank you for supporting the cause. But for everyone else, listen up. A host of channels are dark today to participate in what some streamers have called hashtag a day off Twitch. Now, it is a walkout intended to draw attention to increasing hate and harassment experienced by some streamers, particularly marginalized creators. According to an article in The Verge, which we can link to, the idea for the day blossomed from the hashtag Twitch Do Better movement, which itself was a response to hate raids that streamers have been experiencing with more intensity recently. Streamers' chats have reportedly been overwhelmed with racist, transphobic, sexist, and broadly abusive messages that have been made all the worse by bots that can apparently spam with automatically generated messages. One of the organizers told The Verge, quote, a day off Twitch is largely about coming together in solidarity. The one day off is a step in the many steps we have to take towards change.
0: You know what? I will be continuing to take, you know, the entire rest of my life off of Twitch because it seems great to not have to deal with all of that. That's bad.
2: Yeah. Shout out to these creators. I hope they get what they need. And those are the headlines.
0: Two more things before we go. First, attention, California listeners. Due to some wacky laws, a small minority of California voters have forced a recall of Governor Gavin Newsom. If you are a registered voter, check your mail for your ballot, fill it out, and return it by September 14th. Make sure you vote no on question one to stop a Republican takeover of California. And please note, what we just said was not authorized by a candidate or committee controlled by a candidate. This is me talking to you. Please do it for me, for yourselves, for everybody else. Visit votesaveamerica.com slash California to learn more.
2: Yes. And second, we are taking a long vacation coming up. The Wad squad is on break through Labor Day, and we're going to be back next Wednesday, September 8th in your ears, hopefully a little bit more relaxed at the very least. That is all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, continue to be the wrong age for Twitch and tell your friends to listen.
0: And if you're into reading and not just Mike Richards' increasingly long Wikipedia page <laughs> like me, what well, today is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at crooked.com/subscribe. I'm Priyanka Arabindi.
2: I'm Gideon Resnick. And, and catch us next, next year, year at Bonnaroo. Bonnaroo. <laughs> yes, we are selling tickets wait. in advance now. The porta potty and the parking lot are going to sell out
0: you don't want to miss it guys it's a hot (laughs) ticket
2: what a day is a production of crooked media it's recorded and mixed by charlotte landis sonia tun and jazzy marine are our associate producers our head writer is john milstein and our executive producers are leo duran and me our theme music is by colin gilliard and kashaka